today's show, we are going dark, very dark, as we delve into the world of stouts. We're going to tell you what a stout is, why you will or won't like it, and what kinds you might like to try out. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. First, the news. <laughs> okay, we have an update on our InBev Miller story. Beep, 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 for the millionth time. I mean, I feel like this could be a final time, though. Yeah, I was going to say, this is it, guys. This is... No, this there, there be could be more. more. I, can, I can feel it coming, but it seems Miller has decided that Imbev's newest offer, which valued the company at $106 billion, they said, yeah, you can have us. That so, is a big sack of money. Yeah, that is a really big sack of money. But yes, that is Imbev and Saab Miller have agreed to terms, but no regulatory committee has said anything about it or approved it yet. So mm. they can say, oh, yeah, you can buy us and whatever, but all the committees have to get together and decide things, and that's all going to be on a region or country-by-country country basis. So I think it's US, more or less happening, but it's just it's going to be very restricted in places. Well, right. yeah, and how much of this are you going to have to sell off in order to... Exactly. That's going to be mm -hmm. the big thing. You're not, especially here in the States... This will hardly affect anything as far as what you're seeing on the shelves and how much of it, because they're going to have to sell off distribution and manufacturing probably of a lot of these off brands that they own just to keep the money where it is. And how big of a company is this going to make them? Like, who's who's bigger than this this Voltron of beer? Um, pretty much no one. <laughs> It's uh, they're listing in the Forbes article. They're listing two companies that make more through sales than this. Like if you take the past sales and combine them for the two, and the only two companies that make more are Nestle and Procter and Gamble. Okay, they're the that's... only two with significantly greater sales. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> There's that, there's that t mild terror creeping back into my head, and like I'm gonna go go hide out somewhere where the this giant company can't find me. But yeah, if you have shares in Saab Miller, your shares are getting bought out for sixty-seven dollars a share, which isn't anything really to sneeze at. No, 
No? Say you own... Well, never mind. I'm just thinking of like how much money... Like, I mean, I own a thousand shares. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Embev um, was offering their uh, last amount they gave or were going to give was $57 a share. And then Saab Miller said, no, that's... That's not enough. And then Embed was like, all right, 67. And Miller was like, sold. Well, okay. But that is your Embev Saab Miller update for this week. Moving uh, on to our next story, we have. Uh, as, long, as long as it doesn't involve somehow Embev, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we're in trouble because it oh. does involve. Oh, Embev God, how? In some way. Well,. It involves InBev subsidiary Anheuser-Busch. Oh. They've been sued. Uh, this was back... Oh, gosh, I can't remember when this lawsuit started, but it's uh, been settled now. It was a class action lawsuit also. Oh. Yes, if you bought Bex, and I can't... I've, nowhere in the article do they give a timeline. Uh, it might go be, buy, I'm buying some right started, now. The whole thing started in 2012 on the labels. But they never, on the label of Bex, said anything about it being a domestic beer here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people in the States have been buying it thinking it's an import, when no, it's just a German style, and it adheres to the Bavarian purity standards. But it is, in fact, brewed in Colorado. So oh, Bex is not... Oh, is it in St. Louis? Yeah, where Anheuser-Busch is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so St. Louis, Missouri. Yep, that's where it was. How much so, can yes, I make? How much can I make for all of my receipts that may or may not have Bex on them? Well, if you have definitive proof that you have purchased Bex, you are entitled to up to $50 per household. Ooh. Not per purchase, but it doesn't matter how many receipts you can go up in there with. You could get $50 if you just have one receipt proving you have purchased Bex. Hmm. And all if right. you can't prove it, you're still entitled to $12. I mean, I could buy... I could buy more beer with $12. That's a decent six-pack of something else. So, And uh, we'll link this story, and they have a link to where you can go and figure out. You have until November 20th if you've purchased Bex or have not purchased Bex and may want to claim you have. Those uh, people would be liars and totally <laughs> probably me. It's BexBeerSettlement.com, and... Yeah, you have until November 20th to go and get your claim in and collect your money. I'm going to get so rich. But it was all based off of people not researching their beer, what they were drinking, and mislabeling. I mean, even though entirely they, mislabeling. They claimed that it was it was never falsely labeled, but... Yeah, um, in big letters, the Anheuser-Busch Embed brand emphasized its German quality. Hmm. Noted that it was made under the German purity law of 1516 and originated in Bremen, Germany. While the recipe may have originated there, just like Killian's Irish Red did originate from Ireland. But it has say, not been made there in a very long time. Killian's was, uh, was the one I was going to say, because I was like, yeah, I mean, That's I understand true. how these people feel. The day I found out that that wasn't a, a truly Irish Irish beer, I guess... And I was like, oh, then then what will I drink? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that day, too, of drinking Killian's, and I started just reading the label, and it said, brewed in Colorado. And I was like, wait a second, Colorado's not in Ireland. I mean, maybe, maybe we sold it. 
<laughs> and sure enough, as far as I know, to this day, the little hotel with a bar back in our hometown still sells Killian's Irish Red as an import at import prices. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I bet some of the places like that don't really think about it at all. Yeah, I love that. That said, they still kind of enjoy Killian's from time to time, so I'm not saying, like, I never, I swore off and, like, never again, but, you know. I mean, Irish Red is a style, I mean, I don't know. It's a a good style. Yeah, it's not like it's a horrible thing. I love that in in the Beck's article, it also has to distinguish that this only applies to beer sold at retail outlets, not yeah. bars and restaurants. Right. They're not going to give you money back for going up to the bar and being like, hey, I want to back. I, I wouldn't give you one red cent at my bar. Like, really? <laughs> like, I want money back. A, I don't sell Beck's, and B, no. I don't. You don't see Beck's sold at a lot of places anyway. Yeah. I'm sure enough. there's some places that sell some of it. It's just... Yeah, yeah. I see it's, it. not, it's not as prominent, I guess. A lot of bars used to carry it, but not so much anymore. All right. Any other news? Uh, we have a few. Well, at least a couple more. Um, next story. Ben and Jerry's and New Belgium are on a team-up for beer and ice cream. Yum. I saw the headline <laughs> and was like, nope, we got our story right here because I'm, I want some of each. I'm, I feel like I want to make like the most same-flavored float in existence. Well, you Just, could. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> with this team up, it's on. If you can find it, it would be on shelves now. But it's a special release series, and it's only going to be available. I think they said availability would have started in April. So it's been around for a while. I'd heard oh. nothing about this article, wasn't published until October 21st. So it's a recent article. But the beer started being available back in April. Oh, okay. It's only be available till the holiday season. So your time is starting to run out. Oh, God. But it's. You mean like when we start putting up Christmas decorations? Because I think someone around around the corner is doing it now. Go yeah. shoot them. Blasphemy. <laughs> I'm going now. I'm going to go buy the beer. I'll see you later. <laughs> but it's the same flavor, but they just kind of re-tweak the name a little. The ice cream is salted salted caramel brown e ale ice cream. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know why there's a dash between brown and. Because they're playing on the brown ale, so uh, brown e ale. Right. Get it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds delicious. Don't give me that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it does. I want some like now. <laughs> but it'll be in Ben and Jerry's scoop shops and in pints in limited batch flavors. So. Run out to the stores where you know, carry these, and start digging through it. Or if you're lucky enough to live near a scoop shop, go in and get some. But the ice cream is described. The concoction consists of New Belgian brown ale ice cream with salted caramel swirls and fudge brownies. I mean, really. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Did I don't have it near the stores. <laughs> yeah, we never have any of the limited release stuff around us, which always yeah. makes me mad. I feel like it took forever for us to get, like, a Maricone Dream or something. Yeah, you can never find... Like, every holiday season, they release sweaty balls, and I can never find it. I, I found a lot of Chunky Monkey, and that's... Yeah, that's about right. And then, the, so the beer is a salted caramel brownie ale. Like, that's just straight the name. There's no dashes. Um, yeah. No, sorry. Salted caramel brownie brown oh, ale. Brownie brown ale. Good lord. Okay. Brownie brown. Yeah. With <laughs> Dark roasted malts, chocolatey tones, mm. and hints of vanilla. Oh. I mean, gosh. I, don't you just, you have to try them together and just die afterward, but. I'm on a mission. I will find these and I will try it. 
Uh, I love the, the the picture that has the new Belgium glass with the beer and then the big, giant scoops of ice cream up in the glass next to it. it looks delicious. Chris, you get in touch. You are. Chris, you get in touch. I will drink you. And Chris, I need you to take some time off work. I'm going to do the same. We're going to get into a car and we're just going to start hitting places until we find it. Not not hitting as in knocking over places and robbing them. <laughs> no, no, you had it right before you said that. <laughs> But no, this isn't just for the money or just to get some publicity. They are actually doing it for a good cause. A portion of the proceeds... Deliciousness, that's a good cause. That's mm. the best cause. But a portion of the proceeds are going to protect our winters. Um, mm. It's a foundation that was started in 2007 by a pro snowboarder, Jeremy Jones. And I'm not exactly sure what they do. But they seem to contribute a bit of money to uh, climate change, to education on climate change, which it makes sense why a snowboarder would, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't kind of his livelihood if snow goes away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, good enough cause. I want. I just want this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Me I mean, too. Don't get me wrong. I also don't want winter. You'll just feel better about it, you know. I just. <laughs> I like winter. I like ice cream and beer a little bit more. <laughs> I'm also and, I'm hearing my father right now going like I mean why well, spend money on a thing that doesn't exist but <laughs> you know let let the man put his money where he wants to it's yeah fine. that's not that's not on us that's whatever and we have a quick not a full news story but this this one makes me really happy and then just kicks me in the nuts and brings me down <laughs> but Carlsberg is going to be producing a Fallout from the video game Fallout themed uh, beer. Woohoo! I'm gonna go buy a case right now. Well, see, I, this is where I'm gonna have to hold you down and kick you repeatedly. Oh, <laughs> not again. But created in conjunction with acclaimed brewery Carlsberg, this could be one of the few times a publisher has acknowledged that adults play video games, and quite a lot of them like beer. Not that we wouldn't have appreciated a limited edition Nuka Cola release or something non-alcoholic, but this is nice. But this beer has been brewed using a unique blend of malted barleys combined with selected hops to produce light colored lager with a fruity aroma and crisp bitter finish, resulting in a four percent alcohol content. Okay, it's a little light. That's that's fine. You've a not said light, anything. But I mean, you can go through a lot of them. You've you not said really... any. You've not you... said anything so far that makes me think that I won't get this beer. It will be available only via Amazon. Okay. Twenty nine can... ninety nine pounds for okay. a case of twelve. So that's it's weird. It's weird. It's in in British money, but I'm still willing <laughs> to pay it. Well, there's a reason for that. It comes. It also comes in pretty glass bottles, so you can oh. collect the caps. Uh, I'm like seeing these bottles. They're green, which is terrible for beer, but that's fine. It's not going to last very long. Here comes the kicking. The downside, and of course there is one, is that the deal. Is only available in the UK, with Amazon refusing to ship the brew anywhere else in the world. Um, that, silence, that silence you're hearing, that is my rage, as I can't have this now. You can. Amazon refuses. They will not ship it in our state anyways. We could not <laughs> that is true. have an alcoholic product shipped to us. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to set up a dummy house in Cincinnati. <laughs> I feel like, though, why... Okay, so video game beer. Like, generally it makes sense that they make a lot of caffeinated products, and you see Mountain Dew making, like, Call of Duty game fuel and whatnot. There's beer in Fallout. No, I know. I'm saying, why isn't there more video game-related beer? 
Why on earth do we not have a World of Warcraft beer? Can you, I, mean, I mean, there were, there there's, were those, there there's those a festival got... in the game for beer. <laughs> there is, but that's Oktoberfest for... <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, we have for a friend... For the Horde that... Ale? Come on. Uh, I still I still need to try to figure... I need to make a Dr. Boom sometime. Oh, yes, from Nerdtacular. A, themed drinks. A themed drink someone made. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of margaritas, but you know what? I'll, I'll make one if it's called Dr. Boom. All right, does that have us that have us done for news? That's going to wrap us up news-wise. All right, well, then maybe it's time for our main story. Not story, topic. That's that's a correct term. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot more already. Uh, is that because our main topic is delicious? It Stout. is. Oh. <laughs> all right. And if you listen to our first episode, it's where I think all of us really cut our teeth and getting into beer was in stouts. I find that a lot with people too. I, I don't know why. Like people who aren't fans of beer, they'll they either love or hate stouts, but when they find that they like a stout, then it really gets them get their curiosity sparked and they start trying other things. Because there's stouts are like dessert. <laughs> a lot of them have a nice coffee flavor. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, yeah, we, so we found we found some great articles about um, there's so many different descriptions of stouts and the profile, and and um, we're also going to discuss a bit about the difference between stouts and porters. So a well pulled draft stout should be creamy mm. with a thick, persistent head, while stout from bottle will seem more bubbly and less silky with a shorter lived head. Yeah, um, which I realized that earlier when I poured my stout for what I'm drinking. So the primary difference between a stout and a porter, and this is just one kind of example of this, but it's traditionally been gravity. Uh, until recently, stout was only brewed with very high gravities, but many brewers, especially American microbrews, are brewing very nice stouts with relatively normal gravities. Okay, that's making it a lot more difficult to, to distinguish between porters and stouts. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, these American microbrews that are, that are oh oh yeah they're not are making it much it's like guys it's it's difficult enough to tell them apart yeah yeah Let's see consistent across all stouts is black unmalted barley okay contributes to most of the color and flavor characteristics common in all stouts that it's easy for even normal non heavy beer drinkers to see the difference between like an ale and a stout for example yeah yeah um the, it just looks Straight up like coffee, or or it's <laughs> dark kind of... like the night. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a great number of adjuncts from coffee to oatmeal to milk sugar. Um, I'm okay with all of these adjuncts. Yeah, you're gonna have the the richer stuff basically thrown into a stout. Mm-hmm. Um, the nose, so they call it the nose. We didn't really cover that in the terms episode, but basically, the way it smells. <laughs> yeah. Carries hints of coffee, chocolate, licorice, and molasses, and it really—it is probably the least hop-tasting or smelling beer. That, that beside the porter. <laughs> that could have been what uh what brought me into it. Yeah, when you're not a big fan of of a ton of hops. I'm and you know I'm getting to where I can enjoy some hops in my beers, mm-hmm. uh, but man, when I do a stout, it's just it's 
it's just so delicious. Like I, it's a, it's it's a nice break, and it's just it's smooth, and I don't have to fight it. And usually they, ha- I would think they usually um end up having a slightly higher alcohol content, but not always. But yeah. that's where that's definitely a lot of the places that you'll see a, a pretty high volume. And then um a good stout is silky, full, and creamy. Was <laughs> a great quote that I found in one of the articles was that the difference between a porter and a stout is that all stouts are types of porter. But not all porters are stouts, only the stronger ones. It's like, you know, bourbon and whiskey almost. Yeah. Or scotch and whiskey. Stop. Or I'm going to get so erect. <laughs> uh, look for a whiskey episode sometime in the future. Cool. <laughs> all right. Um, let's do a little background on what where stouts came from. When a mommy stout and a daddy stout love each other very... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not how brewing works. Um, no, stouts are, are relatively new. Uh, in the, the in the beer community of sorts. They first popped up around uh, 1720 in London, England, not London or wherever else you're thinking. It's It was a cheaper, longer-lasting beer than most of the others, and it wasn't uh, as affected by the heat. It also got stronger in alcohol the longer they, the longer they uh, uh, stored it. It became very popular in Ireland, and a man by the name of Arthur Guinness started to brew it at St. James Gate Brewery in 1776. It's a good year, 1776. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good year. <laughs> it has its uh, it didn't get its distinct dark coloring until the 19th century when they started using black malt in the production. Uh, and it typically we do refer to it as a uh, you know like we're saying uh, in England and most places stout. Is uh, you know goes along with the the, the porter uh, style of beer. Originally, it only refers to it being a particularly strong beer. Some places I saw uh, mentioned that there are there may be places in England where you can get a a stout pale ale, for example, just a hmm. strong pale ale. But I'll try that. <laughs> there's a couple interesting little Guinness facts might be able to throw at you, though, since Guinness is sort of, I guess I'd call it the ambassador of stouts. It's usually everyone's <laughs> yeah. first stout. Yeah, it's readily available everywhere. It's definitely uh, the one everyone can realize is that that is a stout, correct. That's, <laughs> that's different. All right. Uh, apparently, uh, Arthur Guinness signed a 9,000-year lease for the St. James Gate Brewery and the water rights to the land. Again, 9,000-year lease. That is ridiculous um it cost him an initial of a uh, hundred pounds or 147 dollars uh with an annual rent of 45 pounds or 66 us dollars the brewery covers uh four acres and consists of a a cooper a cave a mill two malt houses and stabling for 12 horses and a loft to hold 20 tons of hay 200 200 200 tons uh, 200 tons of hay. Also, a fun fact about Guinness, uh, it's not black. It's not. It's it's actually just a very deep red. If you hold it up to the light, look at it. It's it's ruby. You can see red in it. Huh. That's that's something I always tell people when they're they're looking at a stout. They're like, yeah, no, I love this nice dark black. It's red. It's just really red. See, that's not the color I look at when I'm looking at a stout. When I get a fresh draft, I'm looking at that creamy head. Where all the activity is, like where that when you get one off draft and that the head is going nuts. So not not all stouts are carbonated the same way. Uh, several of them, including Guinness, are typically uh, nitrogen based, which that, that's why it's so smooth and so uh, 
That's why the head stays around so long on draft. Oh, if if you give me any kind of beer and you say it's got nitrogen, it's a, it's a nitro beer, I'm going to buy it. I'm just yeah, no, let's do this. If you get the chance for a nitro stout anywhere that you're out on draft, do it. I mean, I, I've Founders has a nitro pale ale that I've had, uh, and I liked that. Again, you put nitro put nitrogen in there as your your carbonator, and I'm down. I'll give it a shot at least. I think that it probably helps with stouts a lot, though. It it nitrogen tends to give a, a smoother, smaller, uh, smoother taste to it. it. Gives you like smaller bubbles. So that maybe that's why it's so often with stouts. But it's hmm. it's just delicious. Uh, let's talk about a couple of varieties of stouts, though. Yes, there are many varieties of stouts, and a lot of these are combined because they are. They're all types of stouts, and they're all pretty similar. Or you know, they're they're, they're fairly name. similar. There, there's just a difference of like you know what they toss into it. But yeah, yeah. All right, we'll kick it off with the dry or Irish stout. Mm. Sits in the glass, completely black, appearing black, but it's actually red, <laughs> with a thick, creamy, long-lasting head atop it. It smells of dark roasted things like coffee, barley, and chocolate. The flavor is rich and dry, with perhaps a bit of acidity shining through. The um, best example of a dry or Irish stout, as you're probably guessing, would be a Guinness on draft. Yes. I, I literally took a drink before you started that, and by the time you finished that, I was already thirsty again. <laughs> uh, well, we've also got uh, sweet or cream or milk or oyster stouts. Oyster's a new one. I don't know if I've had that one. But... I know, right? I saw uh, that everywhere, too. I said, but I'll do it. I'll <laughs> try it once. Uh, sweet stouts cover the entire spectrum of sweetness. Some resemble dry stouts with just a bit of sweetness added, while others are so sweet that the sugar high negates any effect the alcohol might have had. Also called milk or cream stouts because uh, lactose, a sugar beer yeast can't process, a uh, sugary beer yeast can't process, is the sugar used to give beer its sweetness. The sweetness balances against the bitterness of the hops and the black barley for a rich, complex brew. A good example is uh, Marston's Oyster Stout. Yeah, I want to look at that now. I have another example, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, the, okay, yeah. the next one, which is the stoutiest of stouts, I want to say, is the Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, Imperial Stouts are packed with lots of intense flavors and aromas, such as coffee, fruit, dark chocolate, burnt grain, and currant. They typically have the highest alcohol content, and a distinct, though not overpowering, alcohol presence may be detectable. With such complexity, Imperial... What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. You can't see the show notes, but he's adding with such notes as dirt. <laughs> I couldn't see because your name was there. Um, okay, I'm, I'm done screwing. Go ahead. <laughs> Basically, the point is, Russian Imperial Stouts are hardcore. They <laughs> in are. This, in the beer world as well as in just the stout world, they're, they're pretty crazy, intense, rich stouts. There is a big reason for that. It's actually that during like colonial times, Russian nobility visiting across the world when they would get into the UK and different parts of Europe that stouts were so popular. They they loved it. They were crazy for it. But it didn't make the journey back to Russia with them when they would buy massive kegs of it. As nothing nope. does back to Russia. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of a long way. 
So they had it brewed deeper and richer so that by the time they got back, they could still taste all those notes that are hiding in it. And then everyone back in the UK tried it and were like, tastes fine to me. <laughs> well, and so the biggest example of this t this variety is North Coast Old Rasputin Imperial Stout. This one I think you could probably find uh, most yeah, places. It's, I, it's I a pretty it's, popular Russian Imperial. I think it's the one that I've tried before. Uh, Look for the bottle with Rasputin on it. Yeah. Or, or, Alan, find. or Alan Moore if you don't know what Rasputin looks like. But... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, seriously, it it is it is a fine beer. Like that that style of beer is just fine. It is earthy. That's that's the that's the kind way I can put that. Uh, it's thick. Like I'm afraid, like I'm gonna hear something like thud when it pours. Just like, <laughs> all right, some gravel down in there. Yeah, if, if you're just starting into stouts, don't start with a Russian Imperial. Just being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get right into this. Because you probably won't like your first couple sips. No. Start somewhere uh, else and then work your way to a Russian Imperial and you'll like it a lot more and be able to appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Okay, I actually have, we should have talked about this. Oh. The, I, I wanted to look it up. Or the organic uh, chocolate stout from Samuel Smith mm -hmm. is actually an example of a milk stout. Just wanted oh, to toss yeah. that out there. Okay. I wasn't sure which one it was. We were talking about it earlier. That is my favorite stout. It is like drinking a Hershey bar. And it is a good place to start into stouts. Man, asking so asking me to choose my favorite stouts like asking me which child I'm going to shoot. <laughs> I don't want to do it at all. Like just give them, let me keep them all to me. Just pouring a bit of a child into a glass and slamming it down. Not weird. <laughs> that okay. That took a darker turn. Uh... Okay, then moving on. <laughs> Our next style, which shares with nothing, is an oatmeal stout. It's a very mm -hmm. popular one. This distinctive stout is slightly sweeter than a dry, but not so sweet that it could be called a milk stout. The addition of oatmeal during the brewing process, who would have thought an oatmeal stout would contain oatmeal? But it gives it an impressively long-lasting head and very smooth, silky mouthfeel. These characteristics work to spread out the sometimes sharp and jarring flavors of stout, making it a great first-timer stout. And I do have to agree, and their example is Samuel Smith's Oatmeal Stout. But I'm going to say, if you're going to try one for the first time, go with the organic chocolate from Samuel Smith. Which is not an Oatmeal Stout at all. It's no, it's not an Oatmeal. Samuel Smith is a really good brand. Just Let's just toss that out, first of all. Yes, like, and whoever at Beer Fest one year, whoever was running their booth knew what he was doing because he was like, <laughs> oh, you got to try this. And you try the organic chocolate stout, and you're like, that's amazing. And then he looks at you. Like he's going to try and sell you something illegal. And he's like, come here, come here, come here. He's like, you want to know what's even better? I'm like, what? And he's like, I've got some of this. And pulls a strawberry ale out from oh, behind the back. Also from Samuel right. Smith. And he's like, try this. And pours a little bit of the strawberry ale on top of it. And he goes, there, drink that. And you drink it. And it's a strawberry sundae made of beer. And it is oh. glorious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so Samuel Smith stuff, very good. All right. There's also Born Extra or Tropical or Extra Stout. This is probably the second best-known stout if you buy Guinness in the bottle, not the draft style. Uh, this is the style you probably have bought. Uh, it, much the same way that the India Pale Ale was brewed with more hops and alcohol so it could survive the transport to India, uh, this style was originally designed to be to be with more of everything so it could survive a, a similar journey. Uh, sometimes resembles a dry or sweet stout, 
but with broader flavors and generally a higher in alcohol. Good example, Guinness Extra Stout, the bottled version of it, or uh, Cooper's Best Extra Stout. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I will say this is this is actually a pretty good one. I, I occasionally will gra grab a nice six-pack of uh, Guinness Extra Stout to take home and, and drink on for a while. They have the, the regular draft, and I think I should have mentioned this uh, earlier, but the, the regular draft uh, Guinness, uh, they sell in bottles too, but in order to, to keep it, make it sure it pours correctly, I guess, uh, and has the same flavor for that, they, they put up that little, uh, a little widget, a little thing inside the bottle so it agitates it the right way. The, uh, the extra stout doesn't have that. It's just a, a, just a in-your-face kind of, kind of stout. I like it. Yeah, it took me a while to warm up to it, but I remember growing up in, uh, in our local market, that was pretty much the most, uh, I want to say, the stoutest beer you could get. Yeah, no, that's true. Literally and figuratively, it was. It was the strongest beer you could get. It, it's, yeah, it was It was one that did take me a, a drink or two to warm up to, but after by the end of that first six-pack, I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. We're good. <laughs> We've made friends now. I think my favorite stout right now is from Braxton, which is the local brewery uh, in Covington, Kentucky. They have a, I'm going to say it's it's one of the uh, the tropical stouts, but it's called Dead Blow, and it's brewed with dates, and it's it's really rich. And I'm not sure the ABV, but it's pretty strong. Uh, it's 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 like one of my favorite things. Yeah, I remember if I had that when I was up there last when we went to Braxton, but I, know I think I had, you got it. I I think so. I had one of their stouts. So I think but you got something that. with nitro. I remember that. Yeah, well, I'm a sucker for it. I see it on yeah. draft and. <laughs> Um, and then finally, we have the American Stout. Uh, American Stouts tend to have more pronounced roasted malt presence with a sharper, almost acidic coffee impression. Citrusy American hops also make this style distinctive. So the examples that it gives are Rogue Shakespeare, uh, Rogue being the brewery, and Sierra Nevada's Stout. Okay, I don't yeah. think I've actually had either of, but I know Rogue and Sierra Nevada both make really good stuff, so I'd definitely be willing to try those. I've never, I don't think I've seen the Shakespeare before. I don't know if I've seen the Shakespeare before either. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Sierra Nevada's stout. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... And pretty soon there's going to be, again, as we on this show love to hail anything from Sam Adams, <laughs> they are going to start a Nitro series mm -hmm. that they're releasing. It'll start releasing this year, but they are going to have an American stout so keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Sorry, when, whenever someone else puts out a new stout and I know about it, I'm just I'm always willing to go like, all right, let's go, let's try this. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, I may not always like the result, but I'm always willing to try it. Oh, you know what? So Rogue also does a chocolate stout, and it's Whoa. labels labeled as an American stout, which is yeah. odd. You'd think it'd be like a milk stout. Well, uh, this is all from Untapped, so I'm hoping this is accurate, but. Well, there's also some people that mislabel stuff in Untapped too. Yeah, I've noticed that. You know, whatever. But Rogue, Rogue has a good, um, a good stout list, really. So. They got a good stable. Yeah. <laughs> all those horses worth riding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, stouts are th probably all of our favorite uh, varietal. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the one of the best styles I think for all of us. Um, I've been looking forward to this episode just as an excuse to drink more stout. Like, oh no, I have to buy something to drink for the episode. <laughs> Time to go buy some stouts. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what we're drinking. Yes. Drink with me, friend. 
Brittany, <laughs> what are you drinking? You know, I think one time I may wait until halfway through the episode to start the beer. You should just pour. <laughs> you should just pour two of them into one glass. It's what I did. I guess, but like I'm, I'm almost done again. Uh, but I am drinking Diesel Punk Stout. So uh, right. I am a huge sucker for steampunk. I am <laughs> one of those people, and I love Goggles it. On I everything. Huh? Yeah. On everything. Goggles and cogs everywhere. And top hats. I can't even handle it. Um, I Stay lo- tuned for our next our next episode. Have a steampunk. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I can't. I can't. I just. I'm. I'm all about it. But so I. They sold me on the label because it's all. Everything they have is all steampunky. But apparently the, the uh, the place that makes it is actually like like a store or something. It's called Winery Exchange. It's so hmm. strange the the whole thing about it. But. It's just a, it's a stout. Uh, it doesn't like give the particular style. I mean, um, or, you know, the particular variety of the stout. Uh, it's 5.8% ABV. Uh, it's got a fairly good rating on Untapped. Uh, describes it as classic, smooth, and sweet, with a combination of roasted malts and hops that awaken chocolate and coffee flavors. It's just a really good example of a of what a stout should taste like, honestly. It's pretty yeah. tasty. All right. Well, I alluded to it earlier. Uh I've been drinking a a one of these sweet varieties of stout, a uh milk stout, but it's the Left-Handed Brewings Nitro Milk Stout. Oh, it's, that's a good it's, one. It's one of my favorite. Uh, they make good things. <laughs> if, if you have the means, I highly suggest I highly suggest it. It's it's really like it's so smooth. It's so delicious. Uh, it's got a little bit maybe of. Uh, hold on, let me take a t- taste and I'll I'll see if I can break it down for you on the fly. <sighs> no, it's got a good uh good chocolatey flavor. Nice roasted malts in there. It's it is one of my favorite uh, styles of stouts. I mentioned in a previous one uh, episode. I was drinking. Um, uh, Bell's Double Cream Stout. I'm always kind of fighting between which one of those, either that one or this one I like more. And today it's this one because it's what I have, and it's it's really good. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, it's also six uh, percent alcohol. I mean, I don't know how important that is to you, but that's just right for me. <laughs> Some people, that's all you look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll break the mold on this one. I am not drinking a stout. Get out. I wanted to, but then we were just too tired because we'd been camping all weekend, and it was like, you know, we could go to the liquor store, or we've still got a fridge full of beer, and I could just drink one of what we've got in the fridge. I mean, I had, beer, I had beer in the fridge. I came home from – I came, got off work and went straight to the to the liquor store. <laughs> well, I was on my way to shower since I hadn't in three days. No. Oh. <laughs> but I am drinking a – Chico King Pale Ale. It's part of the Beer Camp series. That's a big collaboration between brewers. I can't even tell you how many brewers are involved in this one. This so, so we said stouts, and you went pale. But yeah, I went. Uh, it's from Sierra Nevada. Does this particular one, but it's still part of the Beer Camp series. And this one was in collaboration with Three Floyds. And you know, it's a pale ale that I particularly like. It was really good. Wasn't. Wasn't too in your face, but looking at, see on the label, 45 IBU, and I am not seeing, ah, there we are, 6.5%. 
alcohol. Hmm. You know, one one time when we do the the what we're drinking thing, we need to pick a beer we just do not like. <laughs> yeah. Because we're always just like, oh, these are so good. I'm just picturing one time just going like, man, I'd spent this whole episode drinking this. <laughs> this is what it is, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I've at least tried to get some I haven't had before, but yeah. But no, I yeah, I wanted to go get some stouts too, and I was like, at least I I, at least on the last create your own six pack, I had grabbed the stout. So yeah. Somewhat prepared. And every no, I... time we go out, I seem to just to to get beer specifically for this, what we're drinking. Yeah, I seem to drink always it. get a bunch, like start grabbing local stuff because yeah. it's usually what I like to drink, and it's it's me staying close to what I know. And, and right it's now not... it's all ales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I grabbed a couple actually. I grabbed some some. I grabbed a Create Your Own plus a six pack of the Left Handed and. There wasn't that much super local. Like I could have grabbed a West a West Six Brewing, which is super local for me. It's literally like just around the corner and down the street. But uh, but I uh, I did end up with a Morland, which is from your neck of the woods. Yes, and your woods also got very expansive this past weekend in Lexington, um, with Hopcat Lexington opening on Saturday. I. I forgot it was this weekend it wouldn't have mattered i was at work all i was at work all that day but yeah we were out in the middle of the woods and that's when i had to break it to our mutual friend casey that uh the first 200 people in line got a special card that once a week for the next year they can get a free order of the beer battered fries the english language doesn't have words to express my sadness right now (sighs) think about your stout i'm gonna have to drink to forget this you got a whole six pack of it, so don't worry. Let's Do you wrap have this anything up. to announce or anything uh, special? Nothing no. to announce, but I would say remember to check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can find all of our untapped profiles, Twitter links, uh, these, uh, our SoundCloud account, Facebook. You can leave us information. You can leave us questions or tell us anything you've got to say to us. Uh, go to feedback at haveadrinkshow.com's email address for that. Which is now a form on the website. If you want to go on there and click on, like, con- I think it's contact us or, or email the show or something like that and um, fill out that form and you don't even have to open your email. Please please go to iTunes and rate and leave comments. Um, basically, many ways you can give us feedback. And then um, we also have a subscribe link for iTunes and Pocket Casts. Uh, we probably also want to thank Alan Robinson and uh, for the music and Lynn Peralta for the, the album art. Yes, yes very yes. much thanks to those two. Yes, we would not have been able to do this maybe not at all, especially not as quickly <laughs> without them. Yeah. Well, uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode. Yes, that's every other week we are putting yeah. one out. Don't think that, like, oh, well, if it goes a week without something, that the podcast is dead. No, we are every other week. No, no pod fading here, just yet. Just gives, um, us time, <laughs> gives us time to create, like Huey Lewis. Indeed. I miss the news. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, all right, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. See you all next time. Bye. Bye.